Like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my only friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex. Hey, now. <laughs> I was going to say, call me J. Robert Oppenheimer, because I am become death, destroyer of worlds. Any backstory? <laughs> you know, like the theoretical physicist who said that? <laughs> oh, yes, but of course. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm joined by my new only friend and co-host, my lovely sister, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. Forgiving is easy when you forget. And you know, people, I guess, have forgotten about J. Robert Oppenheimer, so forgiven <laughs> for the atomic bombs. Wow. Julia, you know what? I think that could be an actual Bravo housewife. And, my, and my you know hands. that I had this epiphany about myself just this week where I realized I hate holding on to negative energy that I will forget about things people have done to me. And then I keep getting done wrong. Yeah, it's Julia, like, and what did I say to you? She's already forgotten. <laughs> I said, yeah, but you want to let go of that negative energy so you forget about it. And by forgetting, you keep letting these people do negative things to you, giving you more negative energy. Julia didn't like that, and she was actively forgetting it while you were saying it. (laughs) Great words, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Speaking of words, I don't always say the right things, but I always have the right words. Oh, right, Ramona. (laughs) Well, Julia, interesting you say Ramona, because mine is tied to the taglines that we got this week, which were for the new season of Real Housewives of New York, and I have thoughts. Okay. So, rapid fire. Y'all ready? Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you going to read the taglines to us? Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to read the taglines to you. All right. Luann. Of all my vices, (laughs) being glamorous is one I'll never give up. (laughs) Nice. Well, in in her voice, as you just did perfectly, I like it. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> solid. I think, that's I think it's Luanne's solid. Weakest one. It's solid to me. Her charm carries it. This is Leah's. Okay. I'm sex positive and BS negative. Hate it. I hate it so. The hers is the worst. Hers is She's the worst. She's better than that. Rude. I think so too. Ramona's actually my favorite. I may say the wrong words, but my intentions are always right. <laughs> it's great. I don't know. It's very Ramona. Oh, Ebony, I don't know what Ebony sounds like, so I'm just going to read it. This is our new housewife, and um, she is our first person of color for New York. You know, New York, the very, very white part of America. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. walk down New York, and it's only straight white women in their 50s. It's only straight white women, so we're we're very shocked that they've uh, diversified this cast. Mm -hmm. I've had to work twice as hard for half as much, and now I'm coming for everything. A solid tagline for a first housewife. And it's intriguing. You know, you don't know her yet. That's enough to make you be like, oh, what's her deal? I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I hate Sonia's. Are you ready to be underwhelmed? I might like it. Let's see. Just like New York City, Sonia Morgan never goes out of style. <laughs> I like it because it's weird. I don't know. It's not real. I think Sonia and Leah have the worst ones. Hearing Sonia say that's like kind of funny to me. So I like it because of that. But where the Leah, she deserves a much better one. That's not strong at all for her. No. I feel like her thing should have like referenced how great her first year was in some way. Something like yeah, I'm not like, the rookie any. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, yeah, great angle. Instead of the sex positive BS negative, I don't know. And I know a lot of people are really mad at Leah right now, which is interesting because they liked her 
a lot while she was filming. I thought. But are they mad at her because of that tagline reveal? Why are they mad at her? I don't know. Well, I'm mad at her because of the tagline. So stay tuned. So are we ready to get into the last episode of Atlanta this season? We had so many season finales. Well, two. Yes, two. two. You're right. All right. Atlanta time. For this season finale of Atlanta, we got what most season finales get, which is the this season on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Did you guys notice anything interesting about the edit? Oh, this is going to be so embarrassing to admit. I fast forwarded through this. (laughs) Alex, it told quite the tale. Please describe it for me Uh, and a listener. I fast forwarded it for our listeners' benefit, so then you would have to retell. I'd say throughout the season, the biggest drama was the Bolo drama. Who was the main villain of this season? Kenya. I guess. Who was the main villain of what you missed on Real Housewives of Atlanta this season? I'm going to guess LaToya. Drew. It was Drew. Hardcore Ooh. Drew. That's that's reflective of what happens at the end of this episode when everyone kind of turns on Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From an editing standpoint, it kind of, I don't know if the editors did a great job building up to this. Because, you know, every season tries to craft a narrative of, like, the way the relationships build and everything. And this one kind of blindsided me how everyone turned on Drew at the end. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt yeah. a lot. But during the this season, they did not show a single bad seed of Kenya. They only played her jokes. They didn't even talk about Bolo. Barely. They had one little thing like, oh, my gosh, it's on page six. And that was it. They made Kenya look super cute. And they made Drew look like a huge asshole. Oh, I completely agree. It's also hard to not be sympathetic towards Kenya, given what she's going through. Drew's going to get murdered, Julia. All right, Alex. Hang on. I have some unverified tea for us, as Reddit would like to say. I'm going to start at the top. I did a poll on Real Housewives of Bravo Reddit. 531 people voted. Should we have Drew back next season? 150, bring her back. 380, not a fan, no thanks. Wow. And the only people who said, because there were also a lot of comments, the only people who said, yeah, bring her back, it's because they wanted her to finish her villain arc. No one's a Drew fan out there. This is weird to me. Well, that wasn't even the tea, so buckle up, buttercup. Apparently... Drew has tried to be on Real Housewives of Atlanta since season eight, keeps getting turned down, desperately is trying to make a name for herself. The Florida stuff isn't real. (gasps) Again, unverified tea, but I have seen not one, but like five different people post about it at this point where I don't know if it's originating from one rumor mill or if it's out there that it just wasn't real, which totally explains Ralph's 180. Let's unpack this then, because yeah, because in that sense, then it's like Ralph comes across as such a villain in those early episodes to the point of like, this guy has no self-awareness at all. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy that like installs all these cameras in their house and is so protective. Yeah, it's a lifetime movie. But he like, on the other hand, has like the secret life that like he's not being surveillanced doing. It it makes sense from that point of view of being like, there's no way a person like this could exist. (laughs) Yeah, he was so, like, Batman villain. And then the last few episodes, especially, like, this one where we met old daddy, Ralph comes across as 
just the most supportive husband and stepfather that could have ever been to where I feel like if he was given the tools that we saw him with at the beginning of the season, he would have not been able to have performed as well at the old daddy meeting. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So is Drew's mom in on this little scheme as well? And it's a fabricated dynamic between Ralph and Drew's mom? Because she feeds into the idea that, like, Ralph is, like, a monster, basically. I think everybody's in on it. And like Julia said, and other things that we've seen from Ralph, he has it way too together to actually be the psychopath that we saw the first, what, handful of episodes. Yeah, because ever since those first couple episodes, he's come across as, like, the perfect husband. Like, really supportive guy. And it's only creepy and weird in the context of, like, oh, yeah, but I, I gotta remember, this is a guy that, like, goes way to Florida and, like... Sets up cameras <laughs> and has screenshots of her asleep on the couch. Like, that is yeah. the man... But if that's not true, it. now, like, all those other scenes make sense and click. <laughs> so. Don't you think that's weird, though? Don't you think it's weird knowing that piece of gossip makes more sense than what you have been seeing with your own eyes? Because the fact that this guy can do a 180 after one therapy session and his dad dying, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. The fact mm -hmm. all that was bullshit to get her on TV, and that's why she like has been coming so hard with all of this stupid christening shit, totally makes it's sense. It's weird, though, that her angle in getting on the show was establishing drama that's a, apart from the housewives. But maybe that's the smart move to like isolate Easy herself, to, to make it like her own show within the show. And she was. That's what we said in the beginning, that she wasn't interacting with the rest of the cast, that she wasn't a housewife. She was like murder she drew over here, and then the Atlanta housewives were over here. Right. She gave us her own show within a show. Mm -hmm. Also, speaking of old daddy, I hate that name so much. It's so weird. Fuck you, Drew, for putting your kid in that situation that he doesn't want to be in. On Vulnerable. camera. And on camera, I felt gross watching it. I couldn't watch it. It was mm -hmm. so horrible for everybody involved, especially that poor little kid. So thanks for traumatizing your kid for the sake of views. Also weird to bring perfect husband, dad, Ralph along for visits. Yeah. I just thought like as a comparison point of like father figure, it's like weird to have him present for that encounter. Is it not? Yeah, it's very weird. Also, Deandra, who is the most selfish human being was respectful enough to leave the cameras behind yeah. when she met her stepmom. Drew's just looking worse and worse and worse, and her terribleness comes to a peak at the white elephant gift party. But I will say, back to my comment earlier about the editing this season, this Drew shit kind of started happening last episode, mm -hmm. where she was being, like, villainized a bit. But it largely came out of nowhere, right? Like, without, like, all this outside knowledge of, like, maybe she's creating stuff and she's been campaigning to be on the show for so long it kind of just feels like it's sort of out of nowhere well, and that they've been kind of painting latoya as a villain and kenya as a villain she made herself into a villain target by bringing that wig at the white elephant party i would argue yeah that was an that aggressive was play Oh, no, I'm saying that, yeah, she is definitely a villain this last episode, but that kind of comes out of nowhere. Right, and it's her choice and the editor's choice. Yeah. It's really, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I don't think that was a plant. I think that that was an actual gift she brought because her other gag gift that was shady, she brought those headshots for LaToya and signed them for her biggest fan and went over really well. Even we liked it. So mm. she, thinks, she thinks that's in the same category as the wig it's a gag it's gift, as she calls it. Also, okay, I'm sorry. White Elephant gifts are always disappointing. 
There's no thought. They're always generic. The best gift is always a bottle of alcohol or you get stuck with some like shitty ass lotion set. That you save for the next year when you do a white elephant gift or you goodwill immediately. So I thought when Cynthia was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a thousand dollar spending limit. I thought all these gifts are going to be so good. They were just as disappointing. Just more expensive. I don't know. I'm going to steal that. Like, like cash in a briefcase bit. I'm going to do that the next one. That thing was I'm invited awesome. Portia's like, ooh, I need that. I need some ones for Bolo. If there's villains of the season, there's also a hero, and it's Portia. Oh, yeah. For sure, 100%. I love Portia. A social justice hero, hero of the story, just kind of like the one person I was kind of always on the side uh, of this whole time. The hero of one-liners. Absolutely. Very funny. So LaToya finally shows up. She and Drew get into the fight. Even Candy gets mad. When Candy gets upset, that's how you know. Candy's so frustrated. Why are you talking about this, Drew? Uh, I gotta drop my favorite line. Kenya finally gets LaToya out of the house. She's trying to get her in her car to whisk her away. And Kenya is telling LaToya an attempt to calm her down. She's a narc, LaToya. A narcissist. No, a narc. What's the difference? Well, one One's a personality disorder, and a narc is someone who will lie on you in drug enforcement. Oh, she's also that. <laughs> Such a great exchange. You can't write that shit, you know? You can't. That's so good. It made me like Kenya again. I liked her. Then she lost me with Bolo. And then she won me back this episode. I don't need Latoya and I don't need Drew. Marlo can be our messy friend who breaks the drama. Now, do you think she didn't show to the season finale party because she actually had her lipo? Yes, absolutely. Why would she lie about when she was getting it? All right, y'all ready for Dallas? Yes, please. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, please. So on Atlanta, we had the season finale. Dallas, we're having the episode before the season finale. We are The really- penultimate episode. Yeah, we are wrapping things up. Um, because our Dallas episode was Dallas themed, I love that the editors, again, a shout out to the editors, made sure to include their starring in their fake Dallas promo in alphabetical order. And I thought, why are they telling us that? Because Brandy was first and they knew that was not <laughs> going to go over well. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Some subtle. That was uh, a fun little intro. I like when they have a little bit of fun. I feel like they, I, there hasn't been much fun editing recently, so that was a nice change of pace. Dallas, for as fun as it is, kind of a bummer. The editors yeah. carried this episode completely. My favorite part of the episode was when, when they're setting up for the murder mystery-themed dinner, they have the montage of the motive that everyone would have to murder each other. And that may have been my favorite two minutes of television of this month. A very homicidal group of people. Yeah, they really uh, pull out some Stasi insults. They're all talking about stabbing each other and murdering people. <laughs> yeah, but it's like not creative Stasi insults, no, which just right to the point of like, yeah, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I hope murder. she dies. Speaking of rage, Dee finally meets up with her stepmother, and I'm just going to go out on a limb. I don't know if calling Mama D was the best idea. Oh this time God. I didn't marry for beauty. I did that the first time. So then I said, we'll get her nose fixed. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Mama D. That was a great thing for me to have in my head as I went into this conversation. Don't take any crap. You understand me? What I learned about myself from watching Mama D is I cannot wait until I'm old to where all of my friends have perished. And I can say whatever I want 
only from my perspective. No one's there to check her. Julia, speaking of no one's there to check her, that was my evidence for Deandra actually doing a great job when her stepmother said that the whole will on the bed never happened. Deandra didn't say anything. She didn't argue back. She said, that's her truth and it's my truth and it really doesn't matter. Because guess what? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. They're trying to move forward. I know. I feel like Deandra's husband has been really good for her, and I feel bad mm-hmm. for him because she's giving all credit to the shaman for her change. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I know this is stupid, but they were talking about giving back to the earth and moving through the earth and how the earth and hey 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 hey. Uh, homeboy was drinking out of a plastic Fiji water bottle, so that's not going back to the earth. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the things they put in there from the Earth uh, circle were from Amazon.com. Yeah, and should not have been lit on fire. Yes. <laughs> I have a question. Am I crazy? Are Carrie and Eduardo not divorced? They're divorced, right? I thought that was a whole No. No, last season she was worried they were getting divorced. This season mm. she just never sees him. It turns out they have solved their marriage problem. They just don't communicate ever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm worried that that problem is going to rear its head in a different way, which we got in some terrifying Bravo editor foreshadowing with that drinking alcohol after her daughters congratulate her for breaking the cycle of alcoholism. And we get a horrifying montage of Carrie destroying things while drunk. Oh, yeah. They did her dirty there, those editors. They did. That was such a nice warm scene undercut by that. We're not surprised. And as we said last time, these women are Airbnb nightmares. They get to a famous historical house. What's the first thing they do is poke holes in a leather couch. I mean, not the best idea was to show them that, like, one of the rooms is set up like a crime scene already. I mean, at that point, they think they could do anything there, probably. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Any final thoughts? Yeah. The Guggenheim is to New York, as Theander pointed out. The South Fork Ranch is to Dallas. So I feel like our New York ladies are of Guggenheim caliber, and Dallas might just Aww. be South Fork Ranchers. I is mean, that too mean? Actually, uh, no, I think it's actually pretty No, I, I agree. No one's going to say no, even them. Brandy was so funny this episode. She got those mugs that said wine not mugs because she doesn't want any whining on the trip. She's crazy. She can be funny again. She's herself around Tiffany. I have one final thought. And this might be an editor's choice. So thank you editors for this episode that you've gifted us. Jen. Barely knew she was on this trip. She yep. popped up on my screen. I'm sorry, Jen. I think her name was Penelope Peacock, <laughs> Blockbuster employee. Is she rooming with Cam? Because right now we have Cam, one. Then we have a twosome and a threesome. But Cam currently, as it's being presented to us, has her one room. Yeah, she literally just shows up when they say, and you're Penelope Peacock. That's the only instance of her being there. She's not even granted like a line. I think she's rooming with Cam, and she doesn't have a basket seat. Brandy doesn't remember her either. And was she even like dancing with them on the couch? She was. Like, I bet if you went back she to- was no, She was wearing a white dress, okay. so I could see the white okay. dress okay. out so when I saw her, she was at the house before they left. She walked in right when Stephanie walked in or someone and she got like a Chiron for half a second and then the housewife did. And I thought, holy shit, is that Jen? And then I didn't notice her for the rest of the episode, but you guys noticed her at different parts. She's like Mm -hmm. a ghost. Like you have to believe that she's there. 
Oh my gosh, is she the one who's going to get murdered at the party? I would no one that. would know. No one would notice, Julia. <laughs> Do you think that Jin is watching this back being like, oh my God, they cut me out of everything. I hope she thinks that she's the star. That would really make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much more material about my vagina that they cut out. <laughs> I like that all of our last notes for this episode was, Jin is here? Question mark. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for some joysy? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All righty. I think most of this episode takes place on the yacht for Margaret's book reading party question. And Jen's apology tour. It's Jen's apology tour. That's what it really is. It's called The Frivolous, and I shouldn't name my house The Frivolous. (laughs) (laughs) Also, kind of a bare bone yacht. If we're going to be perfectly honest, for being named yeah. the frivolous. The opposite of Margaret's house. Yeah. Which is filled well, with everything. Every object I can think of. has too many bones. <laughs> <laughs> and too many straws and wine glasses full yeah, of Too coffee. many iced coffees, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I saw that. I thought Alex is going to love it. <laughs> She's so upset when her mom turns down the iced coffee. <laughs> no one wants your iced coffee, Margaret. So Margaret goes on her, her ghostwriter's yacht. And reads a very funnily written piece, good job, ghostwriter Emily, about a very dark time in her life where she got me tooed by her boss when she was 20. And Jennifer delivers an apology that started out so strong. I really did not understand the story when you first told it. I'm sorry I now understand why you were so upset by this experience. I did not have the backstory for it. And then immediately pivots after Margaret says, yeah, well, this is the real story, and just goes hard the other direction. It's like, well, I don't know. I didn't know. If you don't like the channel, change it, bitch. Interesting turn of events. But then she had to re-apologize. And it worked? It did. I don't know. I honestly feel like she had that sort of, well, you didn't make that clear. Like, I think she had that tone kind of the entire time. I mean, it was obvious to everyone else. And to a viewer, like, yeah, I mean. (laughs) She never said, I slept with him to get ahead. Those words never came out of Margaret's mouth. No, even flashback to her being, like, vulnerable and talking about it. And being upset about it. And then Jim being, like, huge slut, am I right? (laughs) To the woman next to her. Jen also peppered in quite a few things that I thought she learned last episode, which clearly she did not. She kept saying that her mom says that she was abused. And then she even tells her daughter at a different point, yeah, when I was little, my father and mother would scream at each other for hours and I'd go hide in my room. Cut to day later on the yacht. My mother said she was abused. Ugh. She's so mean to my dad. I'm like, I'm so close to saying something that'll make her like leave my life forever. What? I think Jennifer is doing a good job making her mom feel included with this mother-daughter brunch. That was very nice. And when her mom was making the jokes, the dad was laughing. So you can see it wasn't always horrible. But Julia, your prediction was right. It was an arranged marriage. Yeah, as long as they're making fun of her stomach being exposed, (laughs) then their marriage is I mean, it wasn't like a great joke. (laughs) It was self-deprecating humor, and he appreciated it. At her expense. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Put it away. (laughs) See, I feel like that you two had a different read on Jennifer this episode where I actually was made to feel sorry for her. I felt so bad for Jennifer when she was getting in trouble for posting tone deaf Instagram lives about her lack of help and how she desperately needs to hire more help because she can't handle her giant home. 
And Margaret said, you can't read the room. Then ghostwriter Emily says, you can't read the yacht because we have to be reminded that Emily, in fact, owns the yacht. And the problem is, is that they're calling out Jennifer for being tone deaf as they sit on a yacht. <laughs> that interaction would have been a lot funnier and a lot more on the nose if Jennifer had said, I need help with my house. Margaret had said, you need to read the room. To which Emily said to Margaret, you need to read the yacht. As in calling out, you are currently on a yacht. Who are you to talk? But that is not how that conversation works. Oh, no. She was just trying to pepper nope. in the word yacht every 13 yep. seconds. Me, Emily, the ghostwriter, and my yacht. <laughs> how yachty of you. Do you think that she is auditioning right now to be on New Jersey next season? Um, Yes, I do. I thought she did when she asked for white wine and she went... A glass of white wine would be perfect. It was the strangest <laughs> delivery. I was like, this person's trying to make some sort of impression. <laughs> and we learned working. this woman was Teresa's ghostwriter. About Jennifer's house. Jackie did her dirty when she said, welcome to the Taj Mahal. If the Taj Mahal had a huge mortgage and no furniture. Speaking of Jennifer and her house. I cringed more than I had in an episode of Jersey as Jennifer walked from room to room, demanding that her children call her a quote-unquote good mommy, the best mommy, <laughs> eight-year-old and teenager. The horrible. Also, Jennifer, neither of your kids are going to school. If they're eating a ring pop at eight in the morning and on a break, they are not going to school. Heads up. Get ready. <laughs> As they mentioned, she's a lot like a little Jennifer. And there's a lot of like instances of, of kids being exactly like their parents this episode. My favorite being little Frank. Oh, my god, exactly <gasps> like Frank, but a younger version. Just the way he sat and the way he listened to her. The way he was like so sensitive about the topic that was being discussed. I have the biggest crush on little Frank. Oh, yeah. Can we call him Frank yeah. Jr.? Because little Frank is just not sitting well with me. I love little Frank. Oh, my gosh. A dreamboat. What young man is so in touch with his emotions? So Dolores tells him that she has to get a mammogram. She hasn't got one in a long time. And she didn't want to tell him about it. Because it's woman stuff. It's girl stuff. So she didn't want to tell him. To which Frank Jr. says that he was hurt that he was left out of the loop and tells Dolores, a mammogram isn't girl stuff. It's health stuff. <sighs> that, was a, oh, that was great. That was so good. Love. In love. He's Frank. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy there's more than one out there. And then and the other little doppelganger was uh, Melissa and Joe Gorga's daughter, who was just like a little Joe Gorga. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking about it. Stop. Leave me alone. Can we get off the topic? Who also didn't want to talk about sex with Melissa. <laughs> I feel so bad for that teenage girl. Not only do you not want to talk about sex with your mom, you don't want to talk about it on national television that you know all You don't want her screaming, watch. you have big boobs they, at you on television. You gotta want to touch up. But she's always in a sweatshirt, so she's dressing to hide her chest. Like, thanks, mom. Yeah. Lots of uh, interesting mom choices this week. <laughs> you guys ready for some summer house? Sure. Sure. Another season finale. All right. Season finale of Summer House did not disappoint. I felt like we had a beautiful, nice little bow of this season where everything is so different, but also still just the same. And I would like to start mm. with our friend, Stravi. 
our friend of. Mm-hmm. Our friend no more. Oh my God. He makes sure to open up this episode by telling Lindsay that she can't expect flowers every day. After giving her flowers every day. To win her back. And now she says, oh no, of course not. I just expect you to show up. To which he immediately does not show up. <laughs> Was she absolutely shit-faced? Yes. Could he have been less of a huge asshole telling her to drink water? Yeah. Yeah. Smart drunk play, though, by Danielle for taking the stuff he was packing into her room so he couldn't leave. Like, I hope that I have the same drunk problem-solving skills that Danielle has. Danielle's got her shit together. I love this bit of him later in the episode lighting real candles. It makes you remember, like... His plastic candles? Yes. And then it's not for Lindsay. (laughs) When Lindsay says, oh my god, you're lighting real candles, I thought for sure she was going to roast him on that. I did too. And she did it! Oh my gosh. Oof, what a metaphor. They do not make sense together, those two. We found out we would never see Stravi again when Kyle says, are you planning on proposing anytime soon? And Stravi replies, no. Which somehow... Immediately happened after Lindsay was telling, like, Danielle, yeah, if he proposes to me, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> when he's sleeping with her, he says, I'm proposing tomorrow, essentially. <laughs> if you say, I want you to have my babies, wouldn't you and assume And marry you. That? Yeah. Wouldn't you assume yeah. that that's what he wants? No, yes. but that's a big step. Having babies, I don't know what that is to him. <laughs> that's and, not a big step like proposing. And I mean, like, as we know from Lindsay, TMI, he keeps coming inside her with no protection. So... But that's what kind of pisses me off about Stravi is he likes to act like some innocent party. And he's fucking not. He brings her flowers and then says, you can't expect flowers every day. He says that he's going to propose to her and then is bamboozled that she wants him to propose. And then at any fight, he says, that's it. I'm leaving. And guess what, Stravi? It really does not have the pull it does the first time, the second time. Mm hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I've come round on Robert. <gasps> um, excuse you. You mean the caterer for free for the fake wedding? That My- is when I came around to oh, him. That shit blew I me away. I love him. Because when he, we first see like him in the kitchen, you're kind of like, oh, he's just like unpacking some food they ordered or whatever. When it was revealed that he made all that, whew, sign me up. Love him. The presentation the alone. Who cares what the food tastes like? I'm sure it was amazing, but... For the viewer's eyes, I was drooling. My eyes drooled. <laughs> oh, mm. He could be a little better about communicating his feelings, but I mean, everything else, pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, I always kind of thought, you know, like you were like in my like girlfriend to me. So <laughs> I think that's but what he, he says But then he even says, this isn't me doing a good job. Like he acknowledges that. Unlike Stravi, who gives himself a pat on the back at any turn. I've told myself that he's really camera shy. I think he is. Yeah. Do you know who's not camera shy and f- failed dismally Des. yeah they're opposites in that way where it's like he's not shy at all around like the guys robert yeah. but like is kind of like coy with the cameras whereas des is such a camera whore and, and it's like the, the opposite fucking worst they are complete opposites mm-hmm. too much sex lack of sex absolutely no socializing this social king of the season I'm assuming can cook has never cooked anything in his life caters a fake <laughs> wedding orders pizza and sits in Hannah's wow. bedroom and eats it. 
Too bad that Hannah's not going to notice any of this when she watches us back. Th- that's, the, yep. You know that she's watching the season thinking she's the hero. That's, we do that's... know that because she keeps going on podcasts saying, oh my God, I'm so happy you guys get to watch Luke and Kyle try to take me down so you can see him for the dicks they are. God. Hannah, that is not what we are seeing. No. Okay, I want to jump back to Hannah at the beginning of this episode, but first I'm going to end with the end. Bear with me. When... Amanda asks Paige to be her bridesmaid and does not ask Hannah. Hannah is bamboozled and says, well, I guess that's the reward Paige gets for keeping her mouth shut about Kyle. And you know what, Hannah? Yeah, that is the reward Paige gets. Because guess what? When your friend says, I'm marrying this person, you either stop being friends with that person if you don't like the fiance, or you shut up and decide Mm -hmm. you love your friend no matter what. You don't. Paige is also keeping her mouth shut about who? Des. Yes. Paige is a smart lady. She just has her little sassy retorts and cute outfits. So that's about it. She was gorgeous at this mock oh, wedding. She oh. looked awesome. She Alex, it. I venture to guess that she is single right now. I don't. I don't know what. You, I don't know what you mean by that. Is that? Are you hinting at ladies' man Miranda? Mm-hmm. Well, she is filming Winter House right now. And guess what? Summer House will be filming again in June. These Whoop. people are at work. And Kyle I can and- join the Summer House next summer. <laughs> Bravo! Well, do you think we're going to get to see Amanda and Kyle's real wedding? Kyle has said that they are open to it. I hate Bravo weddings, Cynthia. Sorry, I didn't care about your wedding. I don't care about any vow renewals. I want to see this wedding. I am very yes. invested. I have to wrap up my Hannah thing. Because we're all getting ready to do the fake wedding. And Sierra is just hanging out with Hannah. She goes to comfort her after all the girls are like, we don't really know Des. How can we say we like him? And I thought, why the fuck is Sierra hanging out with Hannah? Cut to mm-hmm. later on that night. Carl, casually making conversation with Hannah, with Sierra there, says, oh, did you get your nap? And she goes, well, I tried, but Sierra woke me up. And Sierra's like, fuck you. Like, are you kidding me? I listened to you bitch so much, and it was like, ha, 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 joke. But you know it's real. Oh, yeah. You know it's real. And so it's kind of like Hannah can be the victim, and she can play up this, like, oh, poor me for a s- so long, and then she hits a point and is her true self, and people turn on her. Who has not been with her long enough to see the turn? Des. <gasps> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you her. predicting... She's- trouble in paradise for the most troublesome couple to ever step foot into summer house i don't believe a word that dude says when he's like i love you more than i've ever loved anybody else that did not sound sincere at all i think everything that he's saying is total bullshit mm-hmm. yeah what did you guys think about dez's facetime this episode scary i i mean just like watching him react to that information just like he looked like he was gonna blow a fuse i, I did not like that reaction at all no. He seems like a very angry man. He seems like an angry New York comic, which is a f- famously bad stereotype of a person. <laughs> but Hannah is not on Winter House, and Sierra is. Because Sierra is amazing. Yes. She's great. Her red lips that elicit the response from Carl, I like the red lip. I'm a big red lip guy. And then Hannah shows up with red lips. Nothing. <laughs> Did you see that the editors hinted a future with Sierra and Carl? I did. That was such a good edit. Is it because they know I want it, or is it a prequel to Winter House? Now, Julia, that's why that it's so good. It has you guessing. There is a rumor that 
both Paige and Sierra have hooked up with Austin and Craig. Sierra. And I don't know which one's which, but I don't want anybody touching Austin. So I'm very sad. And I hope it's not true. Sierra and Craig, though, I'm thinking about it. That might be great. (sighs) Alex. (laughs) I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Final thought about Summer House. I know we can't trust previews. I am not pleased. I want to see Hannah get roasted by this whole fucking cast. And I feel like I'm not going to get what I want. I want justice for Luke. I want Sierra to be like, the fuck you talking about? I want Carl to be like, you don't get to say that kind of shit about me, which we know he kind of says. And I want Amanda to be like, dude, you're a piece of shit. And I don't think I'm going to get it. I think it's going to be. I want to get it. I think there's still a chance that we're going to get it. My final thought is Luke is a classic caveman. He loves fire. Alex, I think he's got that Neanderthal brain. <laughs> yes. I love that recurring gag. He, I, he has had such a funny arc this season from villain to like goofy guy that loves his friends and loves making fires. <laughs> yeah, just the two Fs, man. <laughs> All right, you guys, time for awards. Awards for this very season finale episode. Now... My award has changed a little bit. I was going to give out the reoccurring award, the Arrested Development Her Award, of course, named after George Michael, played by Michael Sarah's girlfriend, Anne, who nobody remembers is there because she leaves such little impression on everyone. I was going to give this award to Jen of Dallas because I didn't notice she was there, and apparently you guys didn't either in three different scenes which she clearly was in. None of us counted all three. But instead, I'm going to change this award to her. That's an angry her. And give it to Dez, who I wish I didn't notice. Because even though he was just on FaceTime, that dude makes me so uncomfortable and so frustrated. And it's funny, because I finished watching Summer House, and I was you know, wrapping up what I was doing for the day. And I had this uncomfortable feeling and I felt like, I'm just not, I just don't want to deal with this. And I thought, why am I feeling like this? And I was so angry at Hannah and Des, two people I do not know that it was ruining my day. So <laughs> I, I, I understand completely. It's such a weird, irrational feeling to have, but I'm with you. He is just, I hate her and I hate him and I want to just shake them both and I want to say, do you see how terrible you are? I hate their, it's us against the world, baby, attitude they have. Fuck you, Hannah. Fuck you, Des. Everyone else is the problem, baby. Yeah, that's them. Alex? Well, speaking of Des, my award, it's named after something Luke said mm. on Summer House uh, where he says that like he, he would not get a beer with Des. I also would not. But my Luke... I would get a beer with that guy award goes to Carl from Summer House. Oh, yes. Who has there ever been a Bravo cast member who comes off so unscathed in a season of a Bravo show where like you can't pick a single thing about what he did on this season that's like questionable? Uh, Alex, he did get hammered and try to beat up Luke dressed like an Amish person. No, no, I, I'm with him on that one, though. That's <laughs> not questionable. Would you also to shave your beard and try to beat up Luke? Yes, I would have. I think he's totally in the right. And that also, that was just like as part of him being a, his like Kyle's best friend. He wasn't really like a part of that drama. Now, Alex, I would argue that everybody on Bravo thinks they're that person. But no, I yeah. cannot think of somebody. It's a miracle, truly. And he achieved it. So he gets my award. This wow. is a huge award. Highly coveted. Mm. Julia? 
My award is the Bravo There's a Murder at My Dinner Award. Murder mystery themed dinners are a cliche in Bravo, almost as cliche as flapper parties. We had one at Summer House last year. We had one at Brittany and Jax's rehearsal dinner. We had one in Atlanta this year. And then a few years ago, we got one in New York. And I am giving the award to this murder mystery themed dinner because so far, it's my favorite. I think the key is giving every housewife their own murder mystery actor handler. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm exciting to be delighted by the outcome of this dinner and not just the host guessing who it is just so the murder mystery horrible stop anytime. Please, God, just let it finish. Now, Julia, are you referring to Atlanta? They did not participate. Also, Dorinda ended her murder mystery that she hosted abruptly because it, it just didn't play. I'm hoping that this is the time we're truly excited by who done it. I, I think these ladies like a good costume. So I think so, Julia. I think it will uh, be successful. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Julia and Alex, for joining me. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Elizabeth. For for us as well, I speak on behalf of Julia. We had the best time. Thank you for having oh, us. I'm so over. happy you two are my only co-hosts and friends and sisters. <laughs> I that's I mean that makes me sad to hear that. <laughs> this is strictly a professional relationship. <laughs> well, I can't wait to chit chat about not one but two reunions and Hell one yes. the week after we next week. And one episode of Jersey. I mean, it's just a regular episode of Jersey. All right, you guys. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. 